As we wait for National Cabinet to get underway, I am joined by my usual Friday panel. The band is back together. David Spears, the host of Insiders, and Samantha Maiden, the national political editor for news.com.au. Welcome to both of you. Good Good morning. morning. There's a lot on today's agenda, closing the gap, energy priorities, health reform, the national firearms reform. But I'll start with you, David. Is health the most crucial and difficult issue up for discussion today? Look, it's certainly top of the agenda. Um, And I thought that was really interesting to hear Stephen Duckett um, on a number of fronts, but, you know, he's someone who knows this space better than nearly anybody, uh, acknowledge there that we really don't have universal cover in our health system. Now, that's a pretty stark thing to say. Yeah, I thought so Um, too, because that's what we're meant to have. Yeah, and look, we we do have universal access to the public hospital system, it needs to be said, but the problems he's right to identify, um, you know, in, in, in so many other areas of the of the system right now, I mean, bulk billing in decline, gap fees to see a GP on the rise, you've got fewer medical graduates taking up general practice. We know all of these problems, that's putting an untenable strain on the public hospital. So, look, today we won't see final agreement, but I think, you know, there there is pretty strong support around the National Cabinet table for reform uh, of this 40-year-old Medicare system, and it could be uh, quite significant reform. Um, you know, you made the point too at the end of the interview too, a lot of this comes down to the budget, as do so many other areas. Yes, you can change the way, squeeze more out of existing health dollars, have pharmacists issue prescriptions, uh, you know, change from a fee for service to a, a more annual funding basis for allied health workers and so on. But ultimately, more money is going to be needed, either for public hospitals, for GPs or for other allied health workers. And with so many strains on the budget, um, I'm fascinated to know how how willing, how far the government is going to go here to pump more money into fix a Medicare system in crisis. Mm, it is obviously a signature Hawke government uh, measure, though, Sam, and, and obviously well-loved. So I suspect there's a bit of a bit of appetite to put some focus on this. It's also not the first time, though, Sam, that the New South Wales and Victorian Premier have teamed up on, on lots of things, but, but today on healthcare. How effective is this double act and what are the implications for today's meeting? Well, I think that it is effective, particularly in a media sense, although I would say that some of the things that they're talking about, while fascinating, are not new. So, for example, the two things that they're talking about are allowing pharmacists to write scripts in some circumstances for common ailments. Um, The contraceptive pill is one example. Um, And that is already happening in New South Wales and Victoria where there's a trial. So I suppose the argument could be that, um, you know, you could expand it further or you could expand it interstate. I think it's already happening in Queensland as well. Mm. But it's a really interesting idea, but, like, it's not new. So they're not actually proposing something new. Um, And the other thing that they're they're doing is this idea of urgent care clinics. So you have these clinics that are kind of – hyped up GP clinics where you can get an X-ray and you can do things because the fundamental issue that, you know, the, the premiers want to address and Don Parate made this point was that everything flows through when you can't get a GP, then you have people turning up at emergency who shouldn't be there. So it's all connected. And my frustration, I suppose, is that We hear a lot from pharmacists, we hear a lot from doctors, we hear a lot, you know, we don't always hear what do patients want. Now, you said at the beginning of this thing, you know, like if you can, you know, find it difficult to get a bulk billing doctor in Canberra. Now, I know no one's going to get out their tiny violin always for people in Canberra because they 
unfairly associated with the federal government. But nobody can get a bulk no. billing GP in Canberra. I mean, like, I I can't remember being bulk billed in, in Canberra for decades. I mean, like, it just doesn't happen. So wherever these 80% of things are happening, that people are getting bulk billed, I can guarantee you that it's not happening in Canberra. And it is very frustrating listening to, for example, the GPs say, on the one hand, there's this big problem, can you just give us more money? But no, you know, you shouldn't let the pharmacists prescribe. Now, there are concerns that I think exist around that. Um, and, you know, it may even be that it'd be better to get, in some cases, nurses prescribing. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the GPs are just saying, just give us more money. I'm not convinced that's the right way to go because I know from my own experience of dealing with the medical centre and GPs, this idea that you sort of get in there and some it's a sort of Shangri-La where the GP's incredibly helpful, it's not always the case. I mean, a lot of the time they're like, I've got, you know, one, I've got five minutes, so, you know, pick pick one thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, no. it's not a great system and it's very hard to find a good GP. I want to move to the other big issue of, of well, the year, but this week um, there's been some developments. David, beginning with you, Peter Dutton and Julian Lisa attended the referendum working group mm. meeting yesterday. And I spoke to Julian Lisa before. Um, I, I, I just I just want to play a, a segment of the interview about, you know, the questions that the Liberals are asking. Peter Dutton, since he's been leader, has said you have an open mind and uh, um, has been asking for detail. Yesterday, we accepted the Prime Minister's invitation. We've made him a generous offer as well to answer our questions. And the Prime Minister says this is about courtesy and good manners. We want to see him accept our offer and answer the reasonable questions of Australians that Peter Dutton has put forward. So, David, are these the reasonable questions of Australians? It seems that they've walked out of that meeting. They've committed to going to more, but not certainly not moving closer to supporting the voice, right? Uh, well, yeah, look, a couple of things. Um, yes, some uh, Australians would share those uh, questions. Um, others would be satisfied with um, you know, the, the approach of letting Parliament work out all those details once the, the constitution's changed. A couple of things, though. Uh, it is notable that Julian Lisa and Peter Dutton coming out of those talks yesterday, yes, they're sticking to that um, line about we want more detail and, and, they, and they want all sorts of um, extra processes, constitutional convention, parliamentary hearings and so on. These are process arguments. They did not come out of this meeting yesterday saying, aha, there's a fundamental problem with the voice, you know, on, an, on a legal or moral or functional uh, ground. They're not actually saying there's a problem here. They're simply, you know, sticking to that line about we want more detail and we want more better process around this. I did speak to some of the members of the uh, the Voice Working Group after yesterday's meeting, and, and they were actually quite positive about how it went, some even optimistic that Peter Dutton could still be won over. I think that might be a little bit of wishful thinking, but you know, clearly it went pretty well yesterday, bringing Peter Dutton in particular up to speed on the whole process of coming up with The Voice through the, uh, the dialogues with Indigenous communities and so on. They'll have more talks, is the expectation here. Um, but I, look, I, I don't know if it's really progressed Peter Dutton's uh, position on this, as we've heard from him um, uh, uh, this morning and Julian Lisa as well this morning speaking to you. It's basically still sticking to the same line. Mm. And and uh, the same line, Sam, do you see any evidence that that's, that there's going to be some threshold that gets crossed in, in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I don't know, not yet. I mean, I, I find this just kind of unbearable, this debate. I mean, it's like man goes to meeting. Um, uh, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, 
it seems fairly straightforward that um, the government wants a model where they work out the detail afterwards and Peter Dutton is saying that that's not acceptable. And I listened to the interview um, that you did with Mr Lisa and Julian Lisa seemed to be basically saying, you know, I mean, you asked him a couple of times, but in the end he basically seemed to be saying, no, he wants the detail now and that would be putting the cart before the horse. And if that's the position, I think there's going to be a problem. Hmm. It, look, just on that, it is it is at the moment hard to see how you break through. Peter Dutton saying it's untenable is his word, uh, not having this detail. And Anthony Albanese saying it has to be Parliament that decides the detail after the referendum. Uh, how do you square the circle at the moment? It's hard to know. We did also find out yesterday, though, from the working group that they plan within the next month uh, to provide their advice to the government on the uh, the actual wording of the uh, constitutional change and the question and so on, and then have the legislation introduced next month in March. So at least we have a bit of a time frame around this now. Mm, it'll be interesting to see how the coalition votes on that. Sam, Parliament's back next week. What's on the government's agenda? Well, I think that uh, it is going to be interesting to see everybody come back. I think one of the things that is going to come back come up is they're obviously going to be dealing with some of the Jenkins report um, changes, and it'll be interesting to see how obviously, uh, I mean, you know, Medicare and all of that will obviously be a focus, but it'll be a bit of a issue, I think, how given that there's been this debate now about this legal case that's emerged with Monique Ryan and her former chief of staff, Sally Rugg, that I think has reignited the debate around parliamentary staffing levels. Now, obviously, that is not the biggest issue in in town, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Monique's going to have to get up and give speeches about that. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because that's obviously coming behind in in the background. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And David... um Look, the economy is going to be the big story of the year. We've only got a minute left, not enough yeah. time to actually talk about the whole economy. But certainly <laughs> the Reserve Bank Board is meeting next Tuesday. Another rate rise is likely on the table. Yep. This is a hard year for the government, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the difficulty in fending off recession while bringing cost of living pressures down, uh, that, that'll continue. The lead up to the budget will no doubt reignite you know, arguments around stage three tax cuts, how the hell they fund all these things that they need to fund. Um, the legis- On the legislative front, though, in the coming weeks, expect um, the government's got to get through the machinery of referendum um, changes through before it can actually have the referendum. It wants to update uh, the way we run them. Uh, and then the safeguards mechanism is the other big one it needs to get done by the end of March. Uh, the Coalition likely to oppose that next week. They'll need the Greens, therefore, who also have their own issues that it's not tough enough. So, yeah, lots of lots of uh, challenges, lots of ambition for the government this year, but a, a lot to get through. Certainly. Now, David, who's your guest on Sunday? Uh, Professor Megan Davis, uh, one of the co-architects of the Uluru Statement, key member of the working group. She's uh, joining us to talk about where they're up to. Excellent. And uh, thank you to both of you. Nice to have you both Bye. back together. And that's... Thanks. David Spears, host of Insiders, Insiders back on Sunday, and Samantha Maida, national political editor for news.com.au. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.